Howdy. Welcome to the Laptop Empire show. How you doing, Bobby? Can we get through the... Man, I'm good. Figured out. I'm, t- I'm tired of this lighting. I, I just don't... It's for every... Everything I record, I have to change it. And I don't have... I need... I guess I need like settings for each part of the day or something, but... And I've got like this... I've got a window here. What I need is a yeah. studio. That's what... I've really been thinking about that a lot. Like... What you need... To move to Austin, and then we'll make we'll get the studio, yeah, and then we'll have Hudson come in and do all the lighting for us. That's I'm a sure bigger, way better about more about that than we do. Yeah, that that's a potential. I need a I need a now solution and not a multi year from now solution potentially. I mean, it, it could be a now solution. Uh, that's tough. That's tough. I, uh, I we're still man. I, we have no idea. Like we we've talked we talk about it nearly every day. Um. We like we like certain places around here. We might like Austin. I don't know. Uh, we are going to do a trip to Austin in March, um, yep. and I think we're going to do another trip to Austin in the summer. I think we're going to like. Actually, I think we're going to Fredericksburg. I don't know if I was if I told you that yet or not. I think we're going to go to Fredericksburg in March for like a week or like during like Monday through Friday, and hopefully we, you know we can all hang out. But then I think yep. in the summer we're going to rent something maybe close to the lake, like more in Austin. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing. It's like, we need to just start going there more. Cause like as cool as Austin sounds to live, like we really haven't, like we've been to your place. Like we went to Austin like once, but we've never like tried out what, it, what would it be like to live there? Cause that's a big, yeah. that would be a big decision for us. So I think that would be kind of the next step for us to kind of I, rent some places. And I think, some things you, out. yeah, I was going to say, do like you'd talked about like rent a house, stay for a few weeks, yeah. like actually live in it and see if you like it. Yeah. Cause there's, and it's Austin is unique in that like Houston, it's like downtown and then it's suburbs, you know, right. but they're just different flavors of suburbs. Mm-hmm. Austin is like city to, you know, boonies, like right. a heartbeat. <laughs> And so with everything in between, so you, you know, there's like, it's finding, do you want by the lake? Do you want out in the country? Do you want in which part of the city (laughs) do you want the suburbs? Like there's just different, there's a lot more variation, I feel like. And and that's for someone from Houston. I love Houston, but like I grew up there. So don't, don't come at me. I'm just. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, Houston's like, Houston's okay. It's not, it's, um. I feel like Houston's actually, I don't live in Houston, but like the area that we live in, this is what's made it difficult is it's growing a lot. And so there are a lot more things being built by us. And like, they're doing like a great wolf lodge thing, like right down the street. Like they're, they're building a lot of really cool stuff around us. So it's like, this area is getting nicer and better and more things to do. Um, But, you know, we've also just, we've lived here forever. So it's kind of just like, you know, something else sounds cool too. So I don't know, but there's also, you know, I've got different 
and like my mother-in-law would probably have to come with us, which we would want her to come with us. So we, I, it's just a lot of logistic stuff. And honestly, I just yeah. don't want to move right now. Like, sure. I feel like I got so much stuff going on. The, the last thing I feel like doing is I got to sell a boat. When you're like, in I build mode, do that. when you're in build mode, the last thing you want to do is yeah. be dealing with moving a house and you definitely yeah. don't want to be building. I mean, you know, how I was going through that. So dude. Yeah. Well, yeah, we built this house and that wasn't even a custom house, but I mean, I was here literally every single day um, because I caught so much stuff, man. There's, there's so many things like when you're building a house, like that, you just got to really keep an eye on things. Cause they just, you know, they hire contractors and stuff. They don't always do a great job. So yeah. yeah. Building yeah. custom it's, it's better in the sense that like, I think there's probably less like corner cutting and like, mm-hmm. you know, just like shoddy stuff, but it's just the, you know, it depends on who your builder is, right? Like, is your builder, like, is, is the, the project manager very organized, you know, like, yeah. um, or, and then just like getting all the little things, like if you're picking out every single little thing, like it's a lot, you know? And so there were times where we'd have something and, you know, they would start to do something. We go, Oh no, no, no that's not what we had. Cause they, you know, we had changed our mind and they had like the previous one written down and, you know, and our builders did a great job, but it was definitely, you had to keep on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's just a lot. It's a big process. And I, I'm put, I'm like kicking the can down the road because I know, I know we're going to do something at some point. We're either going to build a house, another house here or buy another house here. We're going to do something in Austin. Like that's pretty much what it's come down to, but it's just like, Oh God, I don't even want to have to make that decision right now, but it'll happen when it happens. We'll see what we'll see. I don't know. Hey, you know, the rate that last year went like, it'll be two years gone in a flash. So it's not really a big deal. Seriously. That's true. That's true. So do you want to talk about Frank Kern or you want to talk about uh, TikTok? Because I got thoughts on both. <laughs> Frank Kern, that's totally <laughs> random. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm curious now. So uh, we've been talking about, we were going to talk about TikTok for two or three episodes, but I'd, I've actually forgotten what it was we were going to talk about. So yeah, I have a different talk take on TikTok. Kern. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we get to both in this episode, but um, we can go back to... Oh no, I got to find it. So I saw, <laughs> I saw something on Instagram. Um, he posted something here. All right, here we go. Is this like a positive Frank Kern or like did something happen? I, no, I, I think it's just a, it's just a, he did this thing. It's a, an open letter to internet marketers. Cause I mean, I follow Frank Kern. And if like, you don't know who Frank Kern is, he's kind of like an OG. No, I wouldn't say an OG. He's but like, he's, he's like the, uh, He's like the dorky dad of internet marketers. Internet marketers. Yeah. Like, you know, really successful, uh, known for copywriting, right? Is that, I, I don't know the, his origin story necessarily. I don't I know, what he, does know now. what he was originally, but he does all things internet marketing. Yeah. If anybody follows this and they know <clears throat> where he started, I like, I, as I understand it, he was a really, really good copywriter. He sells a ton of different programs. He seems like he has new offers out all the time. I'm, you know, he's done mm-hmm. stuff in the high ticket space. We actually hired, he did a project with Grant Cardone. Um, they did this They're Cardone Kern agency thing where, you know, they were running ads and that didn't work very well. Cause it was like not a great experience for us, but uh, in it, I think also shut down. I think it's just a Grant Cardone thing now. But I think they try to like merge their names together and kind of merge their expertise. Anyway, um, he's a good follow though. He's a, he's a good internet marketer guy. Um, seems like a, a stand-up kind of dude. Um, so he, he said this, an open letter to internet marketers. And it says, I woke up at 3.30 this morning with the complete message for the 2023 state of the internet address in my head. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been 11 years since I last filmed one and the delay was due to lack of inspiration. And I said, I don't know if I'll film one or not, but I want you to hear this message. So please forgive the typos in advance. That's what I like about him. He's a very real internet marketer. Are you, like, you going to read this whole thing? This is long. It's very short. It's, it's not that long. Oh, okay. It seems long to me. Okay. you go. I, I'll get through it quickly. So, or maybe I'll just give the cliff notes. I'm not sure. So I'm one of you, someone who earns a living selling things on the internet. I made my first dollar online in October of 1999. Since then, I've worked at the craft we call internet marketing every day for the last, for at least eight hours a day, usually more. Um, most of my waking hours are in solitude, working, learning, observing. And I do this because I love what we have. Uh, and I, I'm not saying this to over-glamorize work or glamorize overworking because it's cost me more than it's made me. But he's basically saying we as a community need to get it together. Uh, we have an incredible and unprecedented opportunity to do good for our fellow man, uh, but we place all the importance on ourselves. We make it all about us. And here's what I can tell you. There is no us without them. And then them in this case is the customer. He kind of talks about that for a little bit longer. Um, he basically says our success doesn't come from money. Our success comes from the results we get for the people who pay us. If we put our focus there, the money comes faster, easier, and in greater abundance and choose your role models very carefully. Person who makes the most money isn't necessarily right by default. Talks about Pablo Escobar, didn't really make sense in this. Uh, and then the ultimate message, every time a consumer is hurt, the entire community takes a hit. When one does bad, we all do bad in the eye of the consumer. And that consumer, we are nothing without them. So I read that because since we've started doing this, there is a lot of like, I don't, I don't know why it is necessarily in this uh, profession that we're in, but there's so much trash like and maybe it's like this in every uh in every i don't know uh, what am i trying to say every career every whatever but internet marketing has like the most scammers i feel like out of everything that i that we do like i don't know if it's the same thing like in, uh, you come from marketing this, <laughs> yeah yeah but you just see so many of these people that are like selling high ticket products that have never done something or it's just so obvious that they are just like, they took a a course on how to run a high ticket system. They start running it, but they've never actually sold anything. And they're making money. I guess what I'm really trying to get to is like, they make money by teaching people how to make money, but they've never done anything else. And like you and I came together to start this company because we had two other legitimate businesses. Like you had, or still have a Facebook ad agency, like helping people make more money with their online businesses by running ads for them. I have a personal finance website, like two very legitimate businesses. And we came together to start this, which does teach people about internet marketing. But like, why do you think that internet marketing attracts this, like this just bad faith scammer type of person? Like, is it just because it's easy to get into it? Like, what do you, what do you think it is? Well, I think it's a question. No, I mean, I don't want to cough in y'all's face. So I think that, I think what he said is right. Like, I think it's spot on. I think there's a couple of problems though. I mean, number one, the results that you get for clients is what's important, but it's not what sells. Mm -hmm. I know that's like stupid, but I feel like I've seen this a lot, especially as I've gotten more active on social media in the last few months or whatever. Like people buy from the iron this much that seems to carry more weight than the, I help people get X, Y, Z result. Right. Um, I don't know why that is, but you know, I, I understand if you're wanting to make money that you're more concerned about like how much does this person make? Cause that opportunity there for me. So I think that's part of it, but 
I think it's also, there's kind of this consumer thing of like, what, what do you, what do they want? Right. Like they, it's, it's, it's called business opportunity. Right. And we have a program that is a business opportunity Mm -hmm. in Facebook side hustle course. And with 2k copywriter, it's like, look, here's a legit skill that you can learn and you can start making money, but it's more about the opportunity to make the money than the skill, or I want to help these people. Like, sure, there's some of that, but that's not really why people buy it. Right. And so I think it's it's difficult, but man, it just, I don't know, maybe it just attracts the wrong people, but I think it's very, I don't know. I think it'd be very naive to say that people get into online business just for the good of their fellow man. <laughs> like, mm. I think, I, I really, I mean, I think why why do you start that? Like you want to make money, you want to do things. I feel like, man, I, I really do. And I'm, I'm not trying to blow smoke or anything, but I feel like you are probably the closest that I've met to like, I had this other reason. Like you were just passionate about what you were doing. And it, it just like your story of like how you got started seem, seems more of like, well, crap, now I have to make money more so than... <clears throat> you know, I went in it to make money. Um, I know mine, you know, I, I'm, I was trying to make money to pay off student loans. Like that's how I got into it. Right. Right. But when I started taking it seriously was, you know, we talked about, I think it was last episode, like I had to make money because I needed to stay home with my kid. (laughs) So I kind of had that. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't know. I don't, this is kind of a, I don't know if that was a good answer. No, I feel I like as you were talking, just, like um, I had more thoughts more clearly, but um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I do agree with the big message of like, if you are in this industry and you're not taking care of your clients and you're not um, delivering them good results, it hurts everybody. That is, yeah. that is so true because there, there is such an element of that. Um, people are really hesitant to hire agencies or to hire, you know, coaches or all these different types of things because they've had bad experiences. Yeah. But for all the bad ones that are out there, there's some really incredible ones, right? So you just have to be more selective in who you, who you learn from and who you hire. Um, but yeah. And, and, and I think too, There are people that are shady that um, in all these industries, and those people don't tend to make it long term. At the end of the day, so yeah. they might have like a burst of success early on, but they don't tend to make it long term. I'm I'm seeing this like a lot with TikTok, where there's people that are promoting certain things, and I'm sitting here and I'm like, they might be making money now, and they're saying, oh, I'm making this, I'm making that, but the minute the day comes that they can't get the TikTok traffic because that platform goes like every other platform and squishes reach. Those people don't have businesses anymore. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got the other thoughts on TikTok for that too, but like, I agree. I just, I don't know. I'm just, it's been a frustration. I, I feel like coming into the more direct response biz op world, which I was not in before we started working together, like, it, it, when I it, it, when I started doing personal finance blogging, like yeah, I did it because I I wanted to help people. I also did it because you know I wanted to quit my teaching job, um, but I never thought I didn't have any idea of like getting rich 
doing it because I didn't know sure. anything about that. Like, I didn't know sure. that you could sell a website for a multiple. I didn't even know what a multiple was. Um, I didn't I, like, I just wanted to make as much or more money that as I was teaching and then like have fun doing what I was doing every day. So sure. then when I got into the business up space, I was like, Oh man, there's a lot of, there's a lot of shady characters in the space. And I've just never really understood what's annoying about it is that it's an objection that we have to fight through. So it's like when you come in sure. with like legitimate businesses and try to sell in the space, like one of the first things you have to do is a trust objection or overcome that trust objection. So it's just really annoying, but there's no, there's like no, um, seems like there's almost no recourse for somebody just outright scamming people in the online space where there is, it's a little bit more wild sure. west, which I think kind of allows it to happen. Whereas like, I don't know, like a local company, if it, like a local company was doing the same thing, like I don't, I think that there would be some recourse for some of the things that happen. So maybe it's just, maybe it's just a, a maybe it's just a product of the internet space, just being kind of, like I said, the wild west, like it's kind of a gray area, you know, yeah. like there's still not even like, we don't even have to pay the same types of taxes that other businesses have to pay sometimes just because of the, like the government hasn't gotten around to figuring out that they can get the money from us or whatever. Like there's just, there's just interesting things like that in the online space. So maybe I'll just answer my own question. It's just unregulated. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I think, I think it just comes down to like, if you're starting an online business, like I hope you're being like a good shit human. (laughs) Like that's just at the end of the day. Every time you say that, it's like a good shit human. Like if you put too much space in there, you need to be a, yeah, you need to be like a good shit human being. No. Yeah. Like you need to just not, not be like, be a good person, man. Like is, I I don't know why it's that hard. Like I'm not perfect. Like we're not, none of us are, but like try to do right by people, try to get people results. Don't be so focused on your own stuff that you forget about what your business is built on and who you're helping. I think this is huge. Like it's very easy, especially like in the service-based business, you know, you go through these, these ups and downs if you're not careful, because you can be doing, you're doing lead gen and you're getting people and then you start serving those people and then you're not doing lead gen and it drops down. But you have to find the balance and you have to serve the people because if you just get into chasing the numbers and this is, there's something to that. I'm, I'm a, I, to me, the numbers are the scoreboard. So I do want to chase that to a certain degree, but if you are just focused on grow, grow, grow client acquisition, lead generation, and you're not focusing on fulfillment, it's going to bite you eventually. And you're doing it a service to your business and your brand reputation. You're doing it a service to the industry. And I think that unfortunately, there's a lot of that, right? And and really, there's a lot of it on the other side too. There's the people, they get the clients and they stay small because they never figure out the other piece. And they're just like, oh, I'm so good at what I do. I'm so good at helping these people. I care about these people so much. And so they don't actually become real business owners. And so yeah, I think really the, the reality is you have both sides of the coin. It's just one is more vocal because one is on the front end, one is top of funnel. But you've, you've got to be careful of that. You can't, um, you can't neglect your people for growth and just like focusing all on the business. And I do, I think there's something in the culture too of this idea of like, you've got to be working on the business, not in the business. Like you need to be doing both. You know, yeah, and I, yeah, I agree with that there, for sure. I think too, man, there's just these waves. <laughs> there's like these, if you ever noticed, there's like these trends or like kind of flavor of the month, like things that people are talking about. 
like right now, what's funny is like, I haven't heard anybody say dry January except for you when you told me you were doing it, but there's a trend of like every single talking head on YouTube or whatever (laughs) platform. And they're not talking about dry January, but they're talking about like, I'm I've completely eliminated alcohol. This is horrible for you. It makes it so you can't sleep and blah, blah, blah. And all these things. And I'm like, I might be true, but that is such a, it's such a black and white take. Right. And everybody has that take right now. Like that is the popular take of like, oh, I'm getting ahead in business because I'm not drinking alcohol anymore. And if you enjoy a glass of wine on the patio with your wife, like you are the devil. Yeah. I do do see a lot of that right now. I've noticed that. (laughs) So there's always, there's always these trends, right? So there's like the hustle and grind trend. And then there's been a lot of this, like, oh, make money as much money as possible doing as little work as possible trend. Right. And then I think, you know, and then there's this alcohol thing now. And I think there's, you know, there's all of these, and then there's the work on your business, not in it. All of these things are true in moderation, right? (laughs) At the end of the day. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, and, but we ride these waves because polarizing messages, extreme messages are what works because that's how these algorithms work. And we conform to the algorithm instead of just like speaking yeah. what's true to us. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Cause I, I think it's a lot of it is just like, Oh, I can get views right now. Right. Like that's uh, like the January stuff. I've seen that a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's like, keeps popping up in my feed. I'm like, man, shut up. Stop lecturing me, which, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not technically doing dry January anymore. Cause I did drink, played golf the other day and uh, mm-hmm. I did drink, but I mean, for, you know, I've had, I drank one day so far this month. And honestly, like, it has been nice. There are serious benefits to just not doing that. So like uh, yeah. there is that, but I also don't think it's like evil. I don't know if you saw Canada put out new guidance. Uh, it's like two weeks or two, uh, two drinks per week is like the new, their new guideline for what's um, mm. the max of what you should do. So they're, they're mm. uh, cracking down on it, which I'm always like, why are they doing that right now? They said the science is getting better. I'm, <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't know. That's not, that's not my life. Like I'm not, well, we don't live in Canada, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. No, I just, I don't know, man. I got, it would just be a damn shame to have a wine cellar and not use it. <laughs> oh yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. At the end of the day. Yeah. You would, would be foolish to do that. I think you just, you have to know, you have to, and even with that, like you just have to know your body and like what you do, like mm-hmm. get good sleep, feel good. Like, I mean, this is, this is the, there's so little like self-awareness, like, I know when Mm -hmm. I don't feel good, you know? And so if you can like, the problem is sometimes like you don't feel good, but, and you know, what's causing it, but it's like something you don't want to stop like overeating or maybe it is for some people or whatever. And, and the same, the same with business, like (laughs) we know, we know what the problems are a lot of time. Right. One of the things that I've been kind of like having my, talking to my clients about is like, when they're frustrated about something, it's like, you know what the answer is. Like, you know what the problem is. You're just not taking the time to like sit in your own thoughts and figure it out. And so I'm like, just get it, get a sheet of paper and just like write down, this is what I'm frustrated with. And like, what is causing the frustration? Like, what's the problem? And then just sit there and just go, what are like the two or three things I need to do to like fix it? Like, you know, the answers yeah. in your head, but people don't take the time to do that. I don't know. Now yeah. I'm here. I'm being preachy and like 
<laughs> no, that's right. But I was about to I, change the topic anyway, but yeah. Yeah, it's keep, all good. No, I, I think the what I was going to say is like, we're, we're sitting here sharing our thoughts, but we're not telling anybody like you need to do this. And I think that's like when I, I was talking about that, um, some of that kind of content, like you need to work on your business, not in your business. You need to be more controversial in your posting. You need to do this, that, and the other. I like the, uh, the thing Alex Hormozzi did, like, I forget what YouTube channel he did, like a talk at their video conference. And he was talking about like, if you just change from saying like, you need to do X, Y, Z to like, here's how I did X, Y, Z. Right. Yeah. Because when you do that, it completely changes the tone of your content. It's more helpful for people and it makes them not think that you're a dick. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's probably true. I saw his first, first piece of content the other, somebody shared it on Facebook and uh, it was like his first ever video that he did because Mm -hmm. he's, I think in the digital marketing world, he's kind of the top time almost he's probably the gold standard of like what a a short should be or he's just real. I mean, they're just really good. Um, but his first one was not good. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it was like, it was interesting to see, but it was like, there were 800, they showed like his first one. And then one of his more recent ones. And there were like 880 posts in between there and the quality, you see the difference in the quality and just what he's saying and everything. It's like, Oh man, it was, it was a good reminder. Like the stuff takes so long, but it's, uh, you just have to like it. You just have to get started. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like you, you develop the skill, like doing it and it's tough. Like you want, and I put, I, I think that's been the biggest difficulty of starting a new YouTube channel after doing like our channel was like, mm. even though, you know, it wasn't that first channel wasn't big. It was like, I felt like, oh, I've done this. And so the level has to be here. Like it has to be higher. Right. And the reality is, is like, no, it doesn't. Like, I just have to go out and, and do it. But it's so easy to, it's so easy to fall into that, like paralysis by analysis, right? Like, or perfectionism or whatever you want to call it of just like overthinking it. And it's like, you just got to show up and share, share your knowledge, like share what you've learned. It doesn't matter if you've been around for a year or you've been around for 10 years, like just share what you know. And I think that's different than (laughs) it's funny because the first thing was talking about like scammers and people pretending they know more than you know like mm-hmm. that that's an example of not being a you know a good shit human <laughs> like you need to go yeah, out there yeah. you need to go out there like share what you know and don't share things you don't know yeah i agree with that yeah that's um that's been an interesting thing like doing the personal finance content um because we've started putting out daily content for millennial money man now it's like and we're doing that here too but like the what do i talk about there's so many things to talk about and there's a lot of stuff that I don't know. Like there, there are like I'm not an investment advisor, and I think that's one of the things that a lot of personal finance people fall into is like they just like feel like they have to give a lot of like very specific retirement and investing advice. But like I realize I don't like doing that. Like I just like talking about how to make more money. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. But but even know, that, like you didn't you didn't start off doing that. Oh no no. You started I, off well, talking about <laughs> you started off talking about your experience, talking about mm. saving money living cheap yeah. so and paying off your debt and then you you went from there and as you were exposed to the industry and you read more and you studied more and you talked to more people and you learned more things then you started to share that and you started to make money so you started talking about like hey here's how I'm ranking in SEO on my mm-hmm. blog here's how I'm growing my list here's how I'm making money right 
here's how I'm, and then same with the digital marketing. Like we launched a digital marketing course because we had been successful selling digital marketing services, right? Like it's not, um, you know, so that's always tough too. Looking at you, TikTok affiliate marketers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've seen a lot of that going on. Speaking of TikTok, it's a good transition. Um, what do you think is going to happen to TikTok? You've seen all the bans, the like the the government bans, the campus bans that are starting to happen. Like the for the backstory, if anybody doesn't really follow this stuff, there is a growing bipartisan movement to potentially ban TikTok from the United States, and this is something like Trump tried to do this. I don't know, back when he was president, I don't know what year he did it, but he tried to do it and force them to move. I I think that the deal was he was trying to force them to move all of their data centers over to the US or have a company buy them out or something that was a US company. I don't remember the specifics of it, but that is picking up steam again. But now government agencies, states, college campuses are starting to actually ban the app. Um, So I'm curious what you, you, if you had to predict, if you had to pull out your prediction wand, what would you say is going to happen? Well, the first thing I would say is just treat the platform like you have a year, not because of this, but just because when you're on a platform that's peaking and that has the ability to grow quickly, treat it like you have a year because eventually they're going to want to push advertising harder. We've seen it with every platform and then your ability to grow becomes much harder. So think about how difficult it is to grow on Instagram now. Back in the day, it used to be very easy to grow on. Think about how little reach you get on a Facebook page. Back in the day, it used to be super easy. So treat it like a year, whether it's them changing things or it getting shut down, treat it like you have a year and and take advantage of the growth. Um, But then that always goes to like in business, don't build your business on rented land. So Take advantage of the opportunity, but take advantage of the opportunity to drive traffic to other places to get people on your email list, right? I was talking I was talking to Chris yesterday, dude. So I'm adding seven or eight email subscribers per day right now with around mm-hmm. 15, 16,000 people on TikTok. But on days that I have a, a video hit even a little bit, I'm adding 20 to 30 people. Right. That doesn't seem like a lot, but it is. Right. And that's, that's a, a lot amount, of money. Yeah. That's a lot of money. I'm talking to like, you know, a bunch of people right now about, you know, agency services and courses and different things. So it's like, <clears throat> it's for something that I started in October, like the growth is, is there, but I'm trying to get people off of it. I'm trying to get people onto my email list. That way I can still promote to them down the line and have that. Right. And that's true of any platform. So I think that's just kind of my general thing is like, <clears throat> I'm treating it as there's an opportunity now. I'm going to take advantage of it. I know the opportunity is going to disappear eventually. So I'm going to go hard, but I'm not going to like put all of my eggs on that basket because eventually that's going to go away. As far as like it getting shut down or any of that kind of stuff, I just don't know. I think like it, I can see why with government stuff, they're, they're worried like, Hey, China owns this it's just the nature of all social media. If you don't think that they're not collecting your data for every single app you use, you're out of your mind. Our government is collecting, you know, yeah, oh, like hundred percent. So, so I think the fact that they're worried and they're like government employees, you can't use this app because China's getting your information. Like they know that's true because 
our government is getting our information from the American companies, like, and, and other companies are getting our information from us, you know? Like, so I think, I think like, I understand that. Do I think they'll shut the whole thing down? I don't think I'd be surprised either way, but I just feel like it's a very diplomatic answer by you. <laughs> well, no, but it's just, so I, I guess just, it's probably, that's yeah. just what I, that's just how I feel about it. Like part of me is like, I don't think that the government's going to be able to come together to like actually shut it down. Um, you know, it would be so, by executive order mostly, or maybe congressional. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't follow politics at all, but this I have been dude, but the, here's, <laughs> here's the thing though, when you start going and you start, you start kind of like dictating, this is going to happen. You do executive orders and stuff like that. Those things get slapped down by the Supreme court and like, that's their role. Yeah. And so, so it's one of those things it's risky to go outside of you know, the legislative system to do those things because it hurts your political capital. And so, and I think that this is interesting because I think something like TikTok getting, like if they did an executive order and it gets slapped down, I think that does more damage politically to that executive branch than something else would. Like, it I, <laughs> it's like the gas stove thing. Like, I think the gas stove thing well, would have upset yeah. people way more than any anything that's happened in the last three years. Right. So like, probably you know. the thing that, that makes me think about the TikTok stuff and think, I actually think that it, I think there's a high likelihood that there's some kind of ban, not soon. I think it's Patrick, what's his name? Patrick bet David. Is that mm-hmm. how he says his name? Yeah. Um, he was talking about this. So I didn't get this idea, but like, I heard this from him or this wasn't my original idea. I heard it from him and I was like, Ooh, I kind of agree with that. He was like, we're, we're basically a Republican president away from it being banned. Um, because mm-hmm. if you look at like who uses TikTok, it's mostly people that are teens. And then you get like the 20 to 30 range too. But a lot of those people don't vote for Republicans anyway. And that's the, that's the concern that they're all having right now is like, you, you mm-hmm. rarely see like bipartisan movement on anything. And there is bipartisan movement on TikTok, um, which is very interesting. And they're talking about, I mean, they just passed some stuff in the omnibus spending bill. Like there's things that are happening with it, which makes me think that it is kind of moving that direction. But like, I don't think that a left-leaning president would like, they have a a younger demographic that votes for them. So it's very interesting, but I do think that there's a Republican president. I think that it could get pushed through and I think that they would do it, not really care. Um, That's a really, that's a really, uh, that's a really interesting take. Um, yeah. And I, the other thing I, I do, I, I do, it's, it's more, yeah, I think that I, I think you're right because it's all about <clears throat> whenever politicians are like making decisions, uh, this is just, this is just my view from, I, you know, I studied, I was a political science, you know, in college and then went to law school. And it's like, I, was forgetting I think that. I, I feel like it's very, not necessarily ideologically ideologically driven, but like it's driven by your political capital. So if you have a move that you want to make that isn't going to do, it's all about cost benefit, right? So like, can I get the benefit at a minimum cost? And so, yeah, it's a much bigger cost for a left-leaning, you know, executive to do it or a le- left, yeah, yeah. left-leaning. I, like, there's whatever. more potential blowback, I think. Yeah. So like, I don't know. The other option that I heard that was interesting to me, Clay Travis was on, uh, actually I don't watch on anything, but I saw Clay Travis is amazing. By the way, he was on Twitter 
Well, he's always on Twitter. Anyway, I saw a clip on Twitter is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. And he was basically saying that he thinks the only way that TikTok's going to avoid a ban is if they sell, like legitimately sell their U.S. interest to a U.S. company. Like if they their U.S. data centers or mm-hmm. everything that they have that has to do with the U.S. side, if they sell it to a U.S.-based company, that's the only way that he thinks they're avoiding a ban. So I can see yeah. it happening. I The, the caveat that I'm going to put all, on all of this is kind of like going back to what you said. This is going to take a long time. Like this right. could take two years, three years to happen. And that's such a long time in the internet space. I mean, like two, three, like three years ago, TikTok, did anybody even really have TikTok? Mm-hmm. I mean, not really. So like the the next big thing is probably going to be out. So I don't think that it's like going away. I'm not saying that it's going to go away anytime soon, but it's just very interesting. I think, like, uh, I yeah, think there's going to be know. something else that emerges. You know, if we're talking about, I guess I'm, I was, when I'm answering that question, I'm thinking like, do I think that it's going to get banned in the next six months? Probably not. Is it going to, oh, I don't think that, no, not that soon. Year? Maybe. Is it going to get banned ever? Probably. <laughs> like, I, think, <laughs> I think it will eventually. It just yeah. depends on, it depends on like, it's a sliding scale for the timing. So, but I guess the way I'm looking at it, I mean, I'm just looking at this, like if I'm a business owner, and I have social media as a tool to drive traffic and to drive sales and to grow my audience. Like, is it going to be banned before it loses its utility? Maybe. That's what I'm thinking is a coin flip, right? So let's say, and that's why I said at the very beginning, like, treat it like you have a year, right? I think on the short side, it's utility for growth is probably a year. But the thing I've learned over the years is that if you can use a tool and then that tool becomes irrelevant, if you use it to build the audience and you don't build your business on rented property, it's very easy to switch to the next thing. You know? So so take advantage of it. Like and if it gets banned, it gets banned. But then yeah, also think I about this is actually the other thing I would really be thinking about is like, let's say that it gets banned in the next six months. Let's say by summer it gets banned. There's not a new up and coming thing that I'm aware of that is going to replace that it. level. So no. when that vacuum happens, where's all that traffic go? YouTube shorts. Yeah, I agree with that. I a hundred percent think YouTube shorts is like the next, like, Right now, in that I mean, situation, I, in that situation, like I think it's I just going to happen eventually. Anyway, like, I I think it will eventually. But if if something, but with let, let's say it doesn't get banned for a year or two years, then when it gets banned, YouTube Shorts might be established. Something else could have come up. But if it gets banned quickly, there's a vacuum, and and that vacuum is very quickly filled by YouTube Shorts, and it's not filled by Instagram. It's filled by YouTube Shorts. Instagram is not, though. Instagram's I'm just getting, not making changes yet. <laughs> Fast I'm making like the, now this is the content. I'm like a hundred percent, almost a hundred percent sure, but I'm seeing way more growth and reach on Instagram and Facebook than I am on anything else right now. And that's between Instagram, Facebook, YouTube shorts and TikTok. Now I think TikTok, the, the style of content that I've been doing just doesn't play as well there. Cause like the stuff I did earlier played really well there. And now I'm doing more like the um, style that you're doing is not. TikTok native. Yeah, I don't think it is, but, but it's uh it YouTube Shorts and with the same content, YouTube Shorts and Instagram and actually Facebook's been the best. Like the reach has been really, really good. With TikTok, unfortunately, I know that I have to 
I, I know what kind of, I was talking to the team about this yesterday. It's like, I know what kind of content I need to make to go like do well on TikTok. I just don't think it's valuable content and it, or at least for what right. I want to do right now. So, so do you, are you posting on just really quickly before this gets glazed over? Are you posting yeah. on your Facebook profile or your Facebook page that you're seeing reach right now? Facebook page. Okay. That's interesting. I posted, I had here. So here's the stats from me. <laughs> this is what pisses me off about this. This was not a, a great piece of content that I put together, but I wanted to see it's something that I've had success with in the past. So all it, all it is, is Gary Vee does this a lot where it's like a color background with like a, a statement or a question. Sure. If you needed to make a thousand dollars this week, how would you do it? That post uh, had 300 comments, 111 likes reached 41,000 people. And most of those people were not wow. people that follow the page. And yeah. I mean, that's, it's actually, you know, in the week that I've been like daily posting daily content, that thing on Facebook from the page is the highest performing thing that I've had. And it took the least amount of effort. Um, I mean, there's so many comments I can't, I'm not even, I don't even know if I'm going to respond to all of them. Um, but it's just really interesting that that's kind of the case. And I, what's cool mm-hmm. about it though, is that there are plenty of people that either reached out or there's even a guy that made a comment on it. He's like, dude, I forgot that you even existed. Like, welcome back to social media and stuff. And I was it's like, dude, that's cool. Like, it's cool that, you know, yeah, something that simple that cool. can kind of like reactivate the audience. But yeah, so it's Facebook, Instagram, and then YouTube shorts, and then TikTok. Um, but TikTok is like, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to do more hot takes kind of stuff or look at the success I've had kind of stuff, which isn't really what I want to do. But I think I'm going to probably dip my toe into that a little bit just to kind of test things yeah. out. Because that's kind of where we are right now. I'm just testing to see so, what works. So biggest thing I've learned for TikTok is that you, one, there is a, there are styles of content that work for TikTok. And then there are styles of content that work for TikTok, depending on how big your account is. And so, you know, I I told you, I started experimenting with it last summer and I was doing more what you're doing on Instagram, talking head, education, edutainment, however you want to call it. Like, here's, you know, three tips to do this, or here's why this is good, or here's how I did blah, 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 that kind of stuff. And man, it struggles. It really struggles when you're starting out. And I started noticing, and I was doing that because I was, you know, I always kind of take the approach of like, look at who the big players in your niche are and see what they're doing and see what's worked best from them. And then like, put your spin on it. So like, you don't make their, that, you know, their YouTube video, like you don't even watch it, but like, if they have a title, it worked really well. Like, okay, what's my thoughts on that? Right. Like they have four tips to do blah, 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 blah. Okay. Well, let me give my five tips to do blah, blah, blah. That are my actual tips. Right. And so I started doing that. And then I started looking around, man. And I would see these accounts that were doing that style that were talking about like what I talk about, like with my agency stuff and helping coaches grow and pay traffic and blah, blah, blah. And those people had really slow growth. I noticed they'd been posting for a year, a year and a half, and they had 14,000 followers, 30,000 followers, like a lower amount compared to these bigger stuff. And then I noticed the bigger accounts were getting way more views on that. And so long story short, what I finally realized is that the talking head stuff on TikTok doesn't really work until you have a bigger audience because it you it need you kind of get these bumps and I've I talked to you I don't remember if it was on the podcast or elsewhere that I've noticed like when you start off 
you know, the way the algorithm works is it shows it to a certain number of people. And then if you hit enough engagement watch time metrics, it goes to a bigger audience and then a bigger audience. And it basically keeps pushing it until you stop hitting whatever the the KPI is, right? When you're doing talking head and it's only being shown to 250 people, the chances of you having good watch time and hitting those metrics are very low. But if you have 100,000 followers and you do talking head and your initial push is to 10,000 people, there's a much greater chance of it hitting the right people and you getting the watch time metrics and it going viral. And so that's why you you can see viral talking head stuff and you could make the exact same video as a small account and it not hit. So I think for... I think the important thing, and this is probably on a lot of platforms, but you have to know the difference between growth content and conversion or value content. And so like, sometimes you have to post the stuff like the questions or the silly quotes or like the, the stuff that you and I as educators go like, this doesn't really bring a lot of value to somebody. It's just creating engagement or motivation or whatever, but it's not like helping somebody achieve a result. Like sometimes you need that to grow the following that way when you do the talking head you do the educational the valuable stuff then the percentage of people the smaller percentage of people of your bigger audience that are interested in that like it's a bigger number even if it's sure. the same percentage so yeah. I, to me to me like i think if you went in and you did that you do both you have the stuff that's growing it and you have the stuff that's like what we would be like this is a good this is a good thing yeah no, I, I, yeah, hundred percent. And that's what I did on TikTok initially. And it was like, mm-hmm. I think that that would work well and that would, that would grow it really quickly. I also just don't really want to do it, but I probably will end up doing it at some, on some level. Um, unfortunately I got a job cause I got an, I got a meeting. So all good. Cool. Good. Good talk. Yeah. Go team. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So if you want more, you know, we're here every week. Uh, you can find us on any of the podcast platforms on YouTube, daily content every day. Don't forget to subscribe in all those places and uh, we'll see you next time. Later. You've been listening to the Laptop Empires podcast with Mike Yonda and Bobby Hoyt. For more information and the resources mentioned in this episode, go to laptopempires.com forward slash podcast. We out. Thank you.